everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of the Knife Nuts podcast. And we are joined with the magnificent Elijah Isham. That's right. Everybody clap now. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you? I'm good. Elijah, Doing are you good. well? Yeah, very well. Cool. We're Doing excited good. to have you. This is going to be fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. So, what should we start off? Been, with? I don't know. It's been a busy couple of weeks for me. So, I guess knife stuff's been in and out for me. Um, I got a couple of knives in from uh, Greg Geckel for us to check out. We'll talk about them later in the show. All right. Um, don't know what else I have in new stuff. Dave, how about you? Uh, yeah, I got um. Two knives that I had the 2017 versions of and then got the 2018 versions of now. Um, so the first one's Real Steel Megalodon Eclipse, which is the sequel to the Real Steel Megalodon 2017, which we have raved about for, I don't know, all 16 episodes now. They ruined it. Uh, they didn't ruin it. It's just, at, at first, I kind of didn't like it as much. It just doesn't feel as special as the original, but it's still a really good knife. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... Maybe it just hasn't recaptured the magic that the first one really did. I mean, because it was just incredible, the 2017 model. So there's just weird choices. Like uh, the lock side isn't isn't tumbled at all. It's just blasted, which is odd to me. And the needle bearings that everyone loves so much are gone. But it's still good. But the one thing that annoys me the most is it's like two to three thirty seconds of an inch shorter, the blade, than the 2017 model. And if you have them side by side, you can see it. And I don't understand why. And it's just an endless point of OCD for me. Seems like a lot of cost cutting on that knife. Eh, maybe. I mean, it's got it's got lightning pockets milled into the carbon fiber, which is just bizarre thing to do. I mean, I feel like that just adds money since milling carbon fiber is expensive. I feel like they just put the same like m- program on a different material. Yeah, absolutely. But they probably didn't need to do it. I mean, carbon fiber is light enough. How much lighter do you need to get the carbon fiber? Like, seriously. But yeah. It can always get lighter. It, it's, it's pretty good. And then I got the Lion Steel. I think it's the Shuffler is the name of it. It's the slip joint with the clip, with the clip point, And it is awesome. I like it even better than the original one. So I still won't, I ordered buy, one of- <laughs> I still won't buy any of their goddamn frame locks. But I'm okay And I ordered this. one based on your recommendation. So if I hate it, I'm blaming you. I don't really see how you could hate it. It's a slip joint. There's like three pieces. There's only so much oh. that can go wrong with it. Stranger things but, have happened. Yeah, it's Lion Steel. So they definitely, if anyone, they have the ability to fuck it up somehow. But that's true. Yeah, but that that's oh, and you know what? I got this Defiant Seven in, which is just like a weird brand that kind of just appeared and then disappeared. It's a collaboration between Les George and Chad Nichols. So it's like a mid tech in the real sense of mid tech, although that word is now meaningless. But like true to Ken Onion's definition, it's hand ground and uh it feels like it was tuned by Les George because it's got a fantastic action. It's a cool knife. It's got beautiful hollow grinds that Les did. But I don't know. It's just kind of bizarre. And it just has it has much worse blade to handle ratio than I thought just looking by the pictures. So I'm it not It looks in love like a weird it. choice. It's a weird choice for you, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm not in love with it. Um I do have it up for sale. I just wanted to check it out. I'm glad I got to. But there are a bunch of uh actually Elijah's designs that are on my radar for this year, actually. Yeah. That I really want to pick up. Elijah, what you got going on now? Oh man, there's so much. It's hard to keep track anymore. I mean, really. 
I'm trying, still trying to get uh, the names straight on all three of the new models that are coming up. It's like Theta, Beta, yeah. Zeta. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's kind of happened that way. I mean, that wasn't planned at all. Really? No, not at all. That's awesome. Because, uh, the Zeta with Wii, uh, you know, they chose that design. I was like, all right. And then with Kaiser, they chose the Theta. Oh, so okay. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of happened. So do you, when you do that, do you like? Are there, do they ever pick the same design and you're like, oh, well, Wii's actually going to do that one. And then they got to be like, oh, well, then we'll take that one because if Wii's doing that, we got to do that one. Does that ever happen? Do they ever fight over your designs? No, no one's ever really fought over them. But, you know, I got to keep uh, I got to keep track of like, what's going where, you know, so, so nothing like overlaps. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I can imagine that could be kind of tricky. It can with with a lot of designs. It can be. Yeah. It, it seems hmm. like one has already overlapped, but we could get into that later. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess to a degree. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, Jake, did you get? Oh, you did get something interesting in, didn't you, Jake? Yes, he did. Yes. Well, my my bladed acquisitions were a little light. <laughs> well, this not this time around. You did get one. Uh, not quite. You made up for that with a certain purchase. Uh, I don't have it yet, um, but I was inspired by the Fat Swordsman, uh, as, as I think we all are every day of our lives. <laughs> well, so I got the uh, Kaiser's newest other budget line to compete with their Vanguard series, the Tangram series. I got the Rumble, another another unspoken Vpon deal that we don't uh, talk about. And it's actually lovely, and uh, I, I can't find anything bad to say about it, aside from the pocket clip being on the wrong side, and I think that's why it ended up on Vpon. But, and then I decided to, to buy a Surd. That's, that's Will Keithian for Sword. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go into details about the Surd when it gets here, um, but I have a, a Wakazashi short katana damascus something or other coming from from true surds <laughs> only the finest china damascus only, only the finest we've for... lost we've lost jake he's bought a sword <laughs> <laughs> it's probably made from layers of china d2 just folded over each other <laughs> it's a, yeah. a thousand layer china d2 damascus <laughs> but it's like an armor core where there's an american d2 at the center of all mm. the china d2 folds we've got we got to link the video that yeah oh my god the video is hilarious all the videos on that website are hilarious on true swords and then but no we had we had like two days like two nice days and my brain was like oh my god must get ready for spring so i started getting my sharpening repertoire back up to snuff i got a couple a couple new stones and uh, a certain podcast sponsor came through with a huge package uh, that I guess we can get into the details of later, but I'll also be testing out basically everything that Work Workshop has to offer uh, in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, and then re reporting back to you guys. I guess I'll I'm going to be sending you my uh, my Hydra to resharpen. Oh yeah, definitely take uh, that thing right to the Ken Onion yeah. Workshop. Yeah, yeah, I figured that'd be the first first. <laughs> yeah. My Lee Lerman Hydra is the perfect thing. Yeah, that's what you're going to try. But I we didn't say what we we didn't ask one of the standard what did you carry today and since we do have a guest we've never spoken to before elijah what did you carry today i've been carrying my uh tashi phoenix for the last couple weeks since i got back from uh, vegas that's a nice looking nice. knife very cool yeah it's very cool yep I'm, I'm happy with it is that the one that they made a, a production version of with fox knives yeah yeah that's the same one yeah okay 
Very I, cool. I actually bought this one off John Gray. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Nice. He's always wheeling and yeah. dealing somewhere. <laughs> oh, At yeah. core of every knife pocket, there's John Gray. He's just hiding there. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've witnessed it firsthand. Yeah. Oh, that's that's very funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he had this, and I was like, oh, I I gotta get that. I, got, I can't I can't pass that up. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, I knew that he had it because I was handling that same one when mm-hmm. he purchased. I remember when he got it, and I was like, I want this. Yeah. yeah, I think it's from uh, the USN. Yeah, he bought that in the lobby at the USN. <laughs> really? Yeah, I remember. He ran into Tatashi there and mm-hmm. just bought it right out of his pocket. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it has a, yeah, yeah. I was, I was on the phone you. with John yesterday, and I, I he has something waiting for me at his shop as well. So, yeah, you can't get away from, can't get away from the John Gray disease or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's always lurking. Yep. Yes. Which is kind of weird because he's kind of big. It's like you think you'd notice him, <laughs> but no, he's... it's just that he's just so so friendly and lovely that uh, you know he's he's in everyone's hearts if he's not in their closet waiting and watching <laughs> him sleep. There, there's a there's an image for you. Yeah, so what is the implication of that? Let's just move past that Wait, one. We actually have an image for that when he. Uh, oh yeah, he, when he was he hanging outside my party. window, <laughs> and he's standing there licking your window. Wait, is he, he was, one of the I, raccoons? There... They're basically, the same image I sent of the raccoon, which I accidentally sent to Elijah first, so he must have been like, why am I getting a picture of a freaking raccoon? Hey, we get him here, too, yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, that's basically picture what that raccoon was doing, but John Gray's face in my window instead. Yeah, that would be frightening. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Brian, you're being very quiet. Son of a bitch, I couldn't get that num- button quick enough. Um... <laughs> Uh, I can undo that. We've got well, you've got a lot going on. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> you've got. Why don't you tell us what's been going on in Brian Land? Um, lots of aggravation. I tell you that. Uh, it's so, always it's, aggravation. It's so hard to keep this stuff together. That no matter what I do, it just turns out to be just a lot of a lot of extra work that it shouldn't really be. But um. You sound Other like an that, old Jewish woman right now. Seriously, I do. Yeah, it's okay. You could you could celebrate your victory here. Oh, I gewalt. like a babushka. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. You guys, well, you have a production. Yeah, I mean, Jesus here. Christ, Brian. Can you at least talk about that? Um. Yes, I. I'm having someone make the um, micro typhoon for me. Can are you going to announce that here? What do we have to do to get that out of you? We've been keeping it a secret for months. I just didn't want you to um, post that picture. So well, I, I didn't. No. I didn't. I didn't post the picture. I was waiting for you to make the announcement. I know, but I. I you could have. You could have. The point is, I said I wasn't announcing it, so you wouldn't post that picture. But <laughs> oh, is that? I see. It's. It's. You won't announce it, so I don't post the picture. Is that what this no, is all it's about? It's already been. It's already been said. Oh, Where you dickhead! Yeah, Where it's have like you he, been? He posted the picture. He just didn't want you to post the picture first. No, he didn't post the picture. No, not that. Oh, he posted a rendering. No, 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 different no, no, picture. No, no. Dave, I mean, I mean, Jake, we're talking about the picture that I did last night, the propaganda picture. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the rendering of the knife so, itself. So, Elijah, just to clue you into this, 
I, no. you know, the Obama hope poster. Yeah. I did a rendering of Brian's face on the Obama hope poster, but okay. instead of hope, it just says China. Oh, <laughs> what a jerk off. It's it's funny. You you've got. To, I guess you had to be there. Yeah, he's come along. He's come a long. He's way. come a long way. We're just proud of his hope and, hope acceptance. And yeah, we're. Well, it's, oh. You know, you definitely. You guys have been part of that, but the bigger part is just it didn't make sense. You know, I know. I didn't want to do it to get them American made. They'd be in the prices that my custom start. So I had to get into that lower bracket where you know. Well, the truth is, Brian, your prices for your customs were always incredibly reasonable. This is just now affording you the ability to expand a little more, do you know, become more artistic with the way you you produce your customs, like the way you've been doing the the daggers and hopefully what you're going to be doing with the chicane, and get your designs into the hands of more people at the same time. So it covers both bases. It really just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was you know that working a year at making the same knife. Yeah, no, it kills you. Killing me. No, it's nuts. But can we? So, but it's been you know it's been well accepted. I sold out most of what I need to get, and um, people have paid up. So it's uh it's it's looking good. Yeah, I mean, when we told you that from the get go, I I knew you were going to be successful with it no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I know you were shitting your pants up until the moment you posted that uh, that thing, but I think it, everything worked out really great. So we're happy for you. Thank you, man. Yeah. For for people that don't know, the Micro Typhoon is just going to be a smaller version of Typhoon. So it's three inch blade and M three ninety. And we can I'm say who it's produced by three hundred dollars. Go yeah. for it. And it's produced by Riot Knives. Boom. Nice. In everybody say it together. Three, two. One China, China, China. China. Oh, okay. It's made, <laughs> it's made, made in China. China. Yes, but it looks it looks awesome, Brian. I think it's going to be well received because small knives are what people want these days. Yeah, That's I just I, I just didn't want to get stuck into you know making a couple hundred of them. It's just so I think this was the perfect opportunity. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Do you, Brian? Do you have a any kind of a gauge on how many how many people are going to go for the damage deal? option i went for the damage steel um so far i gotta do the math just me like, <laughs> one uh, <laughs> no, it's probably like 20 percent. wow oh shit wow that's good i mean it's the cheapest damage steel knife that they've ever done so or just about the cheapest right around there like the star nope. i think the star boy was right about that price yep yeah and the mini horizon d and damage steel is the same price but that's that's a very um the mini horizon is probably the the biggest comparison I would say to this knife. Yeah, I uh, will say that I. It's sad that the new pocket clip is being implemented on the small knife and not on any of the other ones. But I'm very excited. My the thing I'm most excited about is the deep well, carry version of your clip. It looks very cool. Some people like it. Some people don't. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like that style clip. I was gonna change it. I said, well, if I'm not making it, fuck it. Let them make the 3D clip. You know. Um, but. It's just it's still that part. I didn't want to change it because, you know, I want to keep going with the theme of the typhoon. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
it is what it is. I'll... That's that's pretty much how Elijah designs his knives, right? It's like I'm not making it. I'm going to make this as crazy as I fucking can. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely you know that's in the back of my mind on some stuff, especially on the Escaton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah dude. Whole, you know, they have a lot more capabilities, so it opens up a whole new world of things that you can really do and tolerances and shit you don't have to worry about. Let them right. Let with. them figure it out. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see them pull off the detent shoe or detent nub. Elijah, have you ever experimented with producing your own knives, or have you just been a? Des- I mean, have you only embraced the designer factor of everything? Well, so far, just just uh, designing. But I mean, that may change somewhat soon. I mean, I'm trying to get a shop going, you know, to start making some customs. That'd be cool. And how do you yeah. think you're gonna? What do you think you're gonna do? I assume, uh, you know, a CNC machine is not far out of your future. Uh. Actually, no. I, I kind of wanted to do everything by hand. By hand? Yeah, like not even water jet. Wow. <laughs> yeah, as, as crazy as that is, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty insane to pull off some of your designs by hand, but... Hey. Oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a lot, of, uh, a lot of training. Yeah. And a lot of, there's a lot of learning. <laughs> well, that's actually a good segue. Like, who are your influencers? Like, who, who have you learned from and uh, who are you continuing to learn from right now? Um... Uh... You mean design wise? Like sure, it doesn't even or? have it doesn't even yeah. have to be a knife maker because yeah. I see you as as an artist for art's sake for a lot a lot of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I appreciate your aesthetic and and a lot of the things that you that you pull from. So I, I'm just curious as to what you like, what you enjoy, and what other makers and designers you you um you either respect or feel are an influence to you. Well. Uh, I would have to say my absolute favorite maker is uh, Marsh, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's an easy win right there. Yeah, you know Rexford, because sure. of his, you know engineering craziness. Yeah, I, Tashi, I was just Tashi's one of one of my favorites. I ta- I think Tashi's probably the most outward influence for you. I would I would guess, like especially in your earlier designs. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good comparison. I'll tell you what, tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely from a Rexford perspective, the the incorporation of materials, blending them together, uh, like with you, what you've done with the Escaton, where you have that frame where the carbon fiber and the titanium sort of intertwine with each other. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Neat stuff. Yeah, that was uh that was gonna be like a multi piece frame. It was gonna be like five or four or five pieces. Mm-hmm. But when we decided to uh, do it, I had to kind of simplify, simplify it. Simplify it. Mm. Yeah. So I just made the whole back half uh, one piece. Yeah. It'd be kind of, I could see how that design would work in a multi-piece frame because you could mm-hmm. do a whole bunch of titanium and anodize it different colors, and then you end up with a bunch of layers. Would be yeah, really exactly. neat. Layers, yeah. yeah, like yeah. The, like the Decepticon knives. Yeah, but but well designed. Yes, but not ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Well, the, a lot of people have you know drawn comparisons between those. But I mean, I appreciate Alexi's stuff, but I, do I don't. Too. I never really liked the the layered, you know, like the stacked, mm-hmm. you know, aspect of it. I mean, it loses a lot of functionality when you do that because so then, then you just end up with a bunch of stuff on top of stuff yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell, I've never handled an Escaton. I really would like to, um, yeah. but everything looks like it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You might be surprised of how ergonomic it really is. I mean, I was. I mean, it took it took me a while to like warm up to the design. Um, but when you start looking at it as an object 
that it, of art inst- instead of just like a knife, it really mm-hmm. opens up the possibilities, especially for all of us in this hobby. Like yeah. we don't need it to be, you know, the most, you know, uh, practical knife in the world. We're appreciating knives of all types and with the build quality, engineering, the artistry. So, and that's what made me really kind of fall in love with the design from that perspective. Yeah, I never uh, wanted it. It was never meant to be a uh, you know a pr- practical EVC knife. It was just basically an art piece, right? Like, like an art knife, like yeah, like my take on an art knife. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And what are your influences when it comes to art, man? Do you have any like fa- uh, favorite artists? Yeah, I mean Giger obviously is like you know high on that list. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then, uh, are you guys familiar with uh, Polish painter Zdzisław uh, Bekszynski? I am. As yeah. a metal fan yeah. and guy who used to do album metal album oh, yeah. covers, I definitely am. I'm guessing I'm yeah, familiar yeah. with his work, but not his name. You are. Yeah. They call they call him the Polish Giger because it's mm-hmm. so you know similar. Yeah. I will look that we'll up. Have to, like, yeah. You'll have to link his stuff. Is yeah. there a spe- specific oh, sure. that you're uh, that you're particularly uh, fond of? Yeah, I'll have to find it because a lot of his work is untitled. Untitled. Yeah, yeah. almost all of it is. But yeah. Oh, I'm seeing this uh, now. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like uh, looks a lot like Giger stuff. Okay, very cool. Um, there's a newer uh, a guy that's not dead, like Giger and Bekshinsky are both, you know, passed away. Dead. Yes. Uh, Brian Smith. Have you have you guys heard of him? I don't Brian think Smith? I have. I'm looking he him did, up now. He did a uh, an album, co- a couple album covers for uh, the band Horrendous. I we love Horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great band. Jake, you like horrendous too. That's, yeah, that's crazy. We almost went to see them. Yeah, well, we missed them oh, entirely. Yeah. yeah, they they opened and we uh, showed up late. But yeah, that's that's awesome. And what's funny is a uh, small world. Like um, my buddy at work, his best friend is the guitarist in Horrendous. Oh wow, that's cool. Small cool. world. Oh yeah, they're based out of Philly. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a. F- Told you, a small world. I'm guessing there's some metal influence yeah. in your designs because it seems like you've mentioned a bunch yeah, of for sure. artists who are very popular in metal. So, yeah, a lot of the older work, you know, like the crazy stuff, is definitely like metal influenced. Yeah, there was a. Speaking of which, there was an album cover artist that always was a huge influence on me, and and a lot of the stuff that I do. His name is uh, Christian Wallen. He did um, a lot of stuff for a Blaze My Sorrow and and Sacrilege back in the day. Okay. The original Swedish Sacrilege band. Really cool stuff. You should check it out. Very neat stuff. I think it's Christian with a K. It's been a while. But yeah, we will link all that stuff in the um, in the bio. Not all right, bio, cool. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever we the call show the notes. liner notes. The show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But very cool. Um, that's always, you know, even on the show when we're talking about and, and a lot of your designs come up, the word metal gets used very frequently. Yeah. So, you know, it's very close to our hearts. Yeah. All right. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Why, don't, why don't we back up some more? So I'm curious about what is your origin like? Because I remember seeing your, your posts on Instagram, I think like maybe two or three years ago when they were all just, you know, 2D, yeah. 2D drawings of knives and just kind of came out of nowhere with these of drawings uh, so like what well, yeah where I mean, did you start from um nowhere really i mean i'm pretty young i'm only 23 so oh okay He's a baby. Uh, yeah so i mean this is really you know my career so i've been i've been doing it now for six years 
and I just stuck with it, you know, as you keep designing stuff, and it's almost like an addiction for me. I can't stop. You know, I'll, have, I'll come up with an idea or something, or, you know, I'll, I'll think of, like, a shape or, or whatnot, and then I'll just get in there and get on the CAD program and just not stop until I'm done. So do, and then move on to the next one. Do you have some kind of art background, or...? Uh no, not not really. I mean, I uh you know, just always appreciated art, and you know, all right, always drew. He's not he's not old enough to have an art background yet. Yeah, yeah I'm not. Yeah, I mean it's just <laughs> it's just of high school. Yeah. He has an art background. It's starting to to bud right now. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, like drawing. I, I mean, if sure. you're always in visual art, interested in visual arts or something. Just it's just a, it's just so surprising, like the complexity of the designs and stuff, you know, and the you know sheer artistry in some of them. You he like in in school he he draws like explosions and stuff on his trapper keeper. Yeah, there you go. To this day, if you go look at like his old notebooks, it's just a bunch of crazy blades and explosions. Yeah, I mean, I'm just amazed because it's it's really, I mean, it's just. I'm filling in the blanks for you, Elijah. I hope this is helpful. Yeah. So, well, (laughs) this may help fill in some of the blanks. Um, We're talking about uh, art as as kind of an abstraction. So, what what made it blades and not uh, anything else? I mean, you could you could have been drawing really anything. Pokemon. You could have been drawing Pokemon. You could have been drawing anything. So, were you into like a, a knife collector or dabbler? Um, growing up as a kid? Yeah, I've, I've always been a collector. I mean, I've been going to uh, knife shows, you know, local shows with my dad since I was like six. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's a plot thickens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we're supposed to start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even actually asked him about knives, just like what he doodles. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've been collecting, you know, small, you know, Swiss Army case knives since I was really little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you design, it's very hard for me to picture you even holding yeah. like a case knife. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, my appreciation appreciation for you know like any knife, you know, is there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I started designing bushcraft knives. When, so uh, it's yeah. so you designing a sword is not far off base. I, I did design one sword. I and, uh, we definitely need like, to see the sword. This was like four years ago, and I'd have to find it. I made a template with it and everything, you know. Maybe when you get your shop going, the first thing you should do just as like a halo piece. Yeah, just make a sword. Just make a sword. I think it would be badass. Yeah, I need to design one in CAD. Absolutely. Uh Um, So then when, uh, as this was blossoming, was this, are are you... uh, more of an urban or rural dweller like you know were you collecting knives sheerly the way we use our knives to open packages of other knives or uh you know a lot of uh a lot of these makers have origin stories that that you know they were born in a cave and they they cut themselves out of the cave they yeah they were one of the original uh oregon trail um dysentery recipients and Mm -hmm. So what you know? Were you uh, growing up on a farm in a city, and you know what? How did that? How did that play into your your uh, cur- current career? Yeah. Well, kind of suburb, you know, like in between. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily country, but like you know, far enough from the city that you know, there's basically just farms everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Where do outside? you live, by the way? Uh, Dayton, Ohio. Oh, there you go. 
Oh, I have family in Dayton. Cool. Yeah. It's it's an okay place, you know. It's not. Maybe the, uh, you know, maybe a reason for my crazy, you know, designs might spring from living so close to Wright Pat and, you know, Wright Pat Air Force Base. Oh, yeah. Where the alleged uh, Hangar 18 exists. Oh. So. Cue Megadeth now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yep. That's also show notes for yep. for Dave when he starts going to the editing. It's like the only time we can actually all agree that that's a pretty good Megadeth song and Dave Mustaine is not annoying. <laughs> I <laughs> do not agree with that. Dave Mustaine is always annoying. It's true, he is. There are no good Megadeth songs. <laughs> I haven't listened to them in so long. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, so early on, I, I'm actually on your Instagram now and I'm looking back and I, you can see the, the evolution, but I forgot about this. So the Megatherian was first made by Alex Dietz as the Acacia. Yes. Can you oh, tell us, man, tell exactly. us about that, because Alex Dietz, I think, is still a wanted fugitive uh, yeah, that's, in yeah, multiple definitely. states. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't heard anything from him in, in years. No, no one has. Yeah, pretty much since then. But uh, yeah, I'd posted that design. I got it done, and then I get this... Uh, I think it was a text or an email from Alex. He's like, "Hey man, do you want to do you want to collab on that?" And I was like, "Sure," because you know I I kind of knew who he was at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we worked out like a little deal, and he made like I think two of them, and just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. And I never got you know any money or oh really a knife out of the whole. Did thing. you ever get to uh, handle the knife to begin with, or no? No, the first, the very first time I actually held it was when Kaiser had sent me the proto. Wow, damn, that was actually my first design that I've ever handled of yours. I mean, it and makes sense. I it was, was the first one that was available. It was, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm just saying it was recent. Okay. <laughs> Either way, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, when you see something in person, you're like, I don't know if that's for me. It's not like I like it. I, I appreciate the design, but I didn't know if it was something that I would ever want to carry or anything. When I when I bought the knife and I got it, I was pleasantly surprised about how ergonomic the knife was, how great the blade felt and and worked. So I was that was my first introduction to your designs as well. Yeah, ergonomics is is usually like you know number one on my uh, on my priorities for any design. It's always yeah, yeah. It's very cool, and it makes me want to try a lot more. That uh, the Zeta isn't that the the Wii knives produced one, the newest. The newest release? Yeah, yeah, the Persian. That's definitely something. I mean, that thing is gorgeous. Yeah, a little uh, fun fact on the uh, the Megatherium. When uh, Dietz wanted to do it, he said, hey, I you know, I like the knife, but I don't really like the name. Can <laughs> change it? Because uh, all my models are named after trees. Oh. Yep. All right, okay. Well, uh, let me think here. And then the only thing I could think of was uh, Acacia from the Acacia strain. strain. Oh. <laughs> so I just, I just went with that. Yeah, the Acacia strain has one of my favorite lyrics in music ever. When you're dead, you're done. You're dead, you died. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's off uh, Jonestown, off of their album Wormwood. Um, I thought, okay, I, th- I thought there might have been a metal reference in there. But yeah, for our listeners who are not familiar, because Alex Deese is kind of a dated reference now. Alex Deese mm-hmm, was this yeah. super promising... Um, he started off pimping knives and then started making knives and he he was like really talented and then he just disappeared. He was on track. He really he was. was. On track. He, and then he just disappeared. Completely disappeared with tons of people's money and knives and just no one has ever found him. Except for he is still one of my suggested friends on Facebook. I was suggested huh. him today. 
You should go ahead and friend request him right now. Oh, no, now. no. That, his Facebook hasn't been updated in like five years. It's the same picture. I remember. Well, friend request him anyway. See if he accepts it. Look, he doesn't. I mean, I'm not gonna, what am I going to friend request is Alex Deeds for? <laughs> I'm going to friend request him right now. I almost got scammed by him, but amazingly, I got the knife. I was. It was remarkable. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely dead and gone. But yeah, that that was that's an interesting what, what, start. How was what was what was that lyric that you just said for the Acacia Strain? You're dead. You're done. You're dead. You died. Hashtag Alex Deeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's a, that's an interesting start to your career. So that did that deter you at all, or well, yeah? No, like, uh, the very first person to make one of my lives was actually Ben Chacon. Oh, that name Tox- sounds familiar. Is Tox- that the Toxic Blades kid? Yeah. Wow. That's mm. two two young makers working together. There or two. Yeah, I had no idea uh, how young he was until yeah, he was like twelve you know. or something crazy back back when I. I think him. he was like thirteen. Oh my god, I think he was like thirteen. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that was only a minor setback to Deets thing, but <laughs> it is an interesting yeah. piece of history. But yeah, then the Ki- the Kaiser one happened. So was it an easy process? Did they just like nail it on the first prototype? Because it's a pretty interesting design, and it was their first use of a bolster. It was a bolster lock, which yeah. is pretty new yeah, for them. I- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at all their stuff and it was all, you know, tie frame lock, gray, you know, pretty bland. So I was like, well, let's make a bolster lock because I love bolster locks. Mm-hmm. Well, mine so, was uh, the, the black washed version. So yeah. it was a frame lock. Which is. Well, the next version is going to be a full tie frame lock and just plain, just plain tie. Yeah, that's much. Better. I saw that there was one. Yeah, it's going to look nice. That it's going to look much nicer. The black wash. I, I thought the uh, the bolster lock. That, I think that cooler. was my only thing that I didn't like about that knife was the finish. Mm-hmm. So I think it was with supposed the... to be. It was supposed to be bronze anodized. Oh, but that would have been nice. for some reason they couldn't do it. The, isn't bronze one of the easiest colors to achieve too? It's like a low voltage. Yeah, well, if it's but if they're just anodized. Oh, you mean the the actual titanium was going to be bronze anodized, or were they going to put like a bronze coating on the whole thing? No, the entire frame was going to be uh, bronze anodized. Bronze anodized. Okay, yeah. that that should have been pretty easy to do. There was something, some problem with uh, like color consistency or something. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. I guess if you're making yeah. that many pieces, you want them to all be the same color. Yeah, so they're just like, oh, we'll just do black wash. I'm, it's like, probably right. the the half titanium, half tin blend. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, so I mean. I don't know how much you could expand on it, but how, how was working with Kaiser? Because I've heard varying things from some people saying it was awesome. Um, yeah. I think Ray Laconico and Mike Vagnino said it was great. And then Justin Lundquist, they kind of screwed him when they did the floating stop pin on the Feist. And like, yeah. it was not at all what Justin. he specified. I talked to Justin all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty good overall. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. I, I, don't, I don't really have any complaints. I mean, there's been you know a little... Minor hiccups with stuff, but yeah, I mean, because you got the good. you got the theta coming, and that first off, how you managed, that looks great. yeah, how you managed to get Kaiser to do the non-decorative pivot that like gives the autistic Thank screeching goodness. that comes about from that pivot is incredible. Like people hate the Kaiser you know, pivot. A funny, here's a funny story about that. Uh, so the prototypes were being done, and uh, they're filling me in on a time frame and everything. And like, all right, well, hey, they're done. So they send them to me. Okay, I'm opening the package. And then it's just there. It's 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 a non-decorative pivot. And I didn't even ask for one. Where I was like, oh, okay. They're going to you know make one that's non-decorative. That's cool. Because people have been asking for these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't. I actually didn't ask for that. But wow. That's a lucky yeah, they, lucky coincidence. Thank yeah, goodness. Because it really is starting to become an eyesore to me. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not really a big fan. It's of not. It. it didn't bother me at first, but it's just like now it just sort of looks kind of cheap. Yeah. So I'm glad that they uh, had the foresight to do that for your design because it really does the lines of the knife justice to not yeah, have really like works. crazy weird stuff on the pivot. Yeah, the size of it really it really works too. It's really good. So uh, with the Theta, I mean, it's pretty common to all your designs, but in terms of your flipper design, what sort of made you come to that? Because it's kind of one of your signatures at this point, I think, is the flipper yeah. being like parallel to the pivot in a sense instead of perpendicular? Yeah, I don't think of it that way. Yeah, but a lot of people say, oh, it's parallel, but I just hate exposed, you know, humongous flipper tabs that are, you know, ginormous and they're just like sticking out, which is kind of weird. How Marsh is my favorite maker, and mm. he's got some. These are like some of the biggest there are. Oh yeah, yeah. but I mean, his his just kind of worked though. Mm. With, with from the, the design design. standpoint, yeah. sure. But yeah, I mean, it's just it gets in the way when you're trying to cut stuff on a flat surface. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, just aesthetically, it just it looks better, I think. Yeah, and you get more leverage, right? Because it's way ahead of the pivot. Yeah, so the angle there, the uh, farther in in front of the pivot. Yeah, that the flipper tab is. The, yeah, the more leverage, the more you know. Does it require torque that you're going to? Does it require them to do anything special with the detent though? Um, did you have to figure that out with Kaiser? Because it seems because you have a smaller purchase area and it's kind of angled differently. Mm -hmm. Did they have to make it like a slightly weaker detent than they might on a well, traditional on the flipper? Theta, on the Theta, yeah, it's pretty small, so you got to get that detent like just right. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah, it has to. Uh, it could actually be a little wider because of how far forward it is so you can get more torque mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't need like a hard detent so yeah cool it's pretty but one yeah. thing also that flip that flipper design which is pretty common in yours also forces you to kind of do a specific handle to like hide it is, yeah that's exactly is that yeah. something you want to especially on the escatone. yeah is that something you want to eventually get away from because it does kind of force yeah. you to have that same sort of handle design up aesthetic. at the front yeah mm -hmm. kind of forces that aesthetic yeah, yeah like with the zeta and the theta and most of the simple series designs, I'm I'm kind of getting away from that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of my older stuff, yeah, it it was really restrictive because you got to have that like you know that extreme angle mm -hmm. right there at the bolster at the top of the bolster, you know to. It does. So the edge isn't like sticking. It out. does kind of make like a choil though, or a pseudo choil, or somewhere yeah, choke up. Yeah, a that's what bit. I call it. Yeah, that's my my name for it, the pseudo choil, because it's not really yeah. the choil. It just ends, but yeah, you can use it. Tell us more about that simple series that you're working on, because I remember browsing through and seeing those those images. Um, yeah, that's what I've been working on uh, since since I got back from Blade Show 2016. That's pretty much all I've been working on. And what are you going to be doing? What What are your plans for those um, long term? Well, I'll, those will probably be most of those will probably be on my own brand eventually someday. Got it. Your own brand, are you, like, as in customs, or are you going to have productions made with just yeah. your name, like, from an OEM? Yeah, both. Okay. Yeah, both. OEM, you know, uh, limited run productions, and then full custom. Okay. I mean, because Wii is already doing a fantastic job, but they do have the Wii branding yeah. on them. It's not it's not just an Elijah Isham sort of product. Yeah. And is that that's something you want to move towards? Is it just being sort of Isham Blade Works and, or, sorry, Isham Blade Works? And, and yeah. not we knives yeah, eventually yeah okay i mean i i love doing the collabs for sure true yeah, what's interesting good. is that we're in a unique situation that we have two people that have cooperated with three of the larger um overseas manu manufacturers and brian's working with riot and you've worked with kaiser and um 
and we, and as far as we know, you may have stuff going with Riyadh as well, but um, I'm curious to hear your take on what the difference is in, in doing business with, with them, if there's any. Well, uh, between Kaiser and we, they do do things differently, but it's been pretty great. I mean, working with we especially is like, you know, it's, it's awesome. I mean, Joe is like one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. You know, they make everything super easy for you. You, you have full artistic license on anything, you know, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, and then I work, I'm doing, uh, the Nostrum with Millet mm. and, uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can you tell us about that one? Have, yeah, we're hoping to have a prototype for Blade Show. Cause I do not, I don't think I've heard of that one. So I've heard, the, is, I, when, I remember when you announced it, but I, I can't picture yeah, it. Yeah. Can you Darn. tell us about that one? Yeah, it's a, it's from the Simple series. Uh, it's kind of it's like a Gyoto inspired, basically a folding kitchen knife kind of thing. All right, but it's yeah, it's definitely one of my more straightforward designs. All right, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find a picture of this. Well, yeah, wasn't the uh, the the Megatheria was sort of sold as a folding Santoku? At least that's what Kaiser put in their uh, marketing. Oh, I'm seeing mm -hmm. it now. Okay, this is ooh, this is very nice. That was that was the on the Megatherium. That was exactly the first knife that I did with a hidden flipper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's actually what started the whole hidden flipper thing. Cause I wanted to do a folding Santoku and I didn't want to have a flipper tab, you know, sticking out in the way. So I had to figure out a way to get it above the edge. Hmm. And then that's how that, that's how that happened. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the nostrum now. This is going to be, it's going to be very nice with, it's also probably going to be I'm... Millet's first integral from what I understand. Yep. I'm hoping they can pull it off. I'm personally, Personally, I'm excited about the Black Star. That will be my first uh, sole branded knife. That thing is... Is it gonna? Is it a front flipper? Is that what I see? Yeah. It's, yes, it's a front flipper, uh, but it doesn't lock. So it's like a detent lock. So uh -huh. It's like Serge's uh, bean knives. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. There's just a detent that, you know, that falls into another detent hole. And then you just overcome to close it. And it's, yeah. It's like a, uh, like a detent slip joint. Basically. Gotcha. That that makes sense because I mean, sort of modern slip joints is is what or where people are at. Yeah, mm -hmm. it looks it looks fantastic. Is that one so that one's going to be by you and not by one of these companies? Yeah, that's just going to be mine. I'm going to do a, a a run of a hundred of those. Oh, okay, yeah, that looks fantastic. I think that's yeah. that's really smart because that is especially like that lion steel we were talking about earlier. People are going nuts for those because um, people want. Yeah, like modern materials in a production sort of slip joint. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think that's a, a good place to be for 2018. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've designed a few of that, those uh, slip joints. That is how uh, that's how Strider did that. Um, yeah, the PT, the non-locking non PT, yeah, where it yeah, still had I the lock bar cut out. Well, yeah, and it used it simply used the uh, second detent ball as as the quote unquote. Yeah, lock. it was just a regular. It was just a regular PT that they didn't bend the lock bar in but, on. Yeah, well, and they, they drilled a second hole in the blade. Oh wow! And, and made a. <laughs> Tell it, us how it, you really feel, Dave. It's it's a unique way of doing a slip joint without the typical half stop, walk and talk, and you know uh, the constant. I'd say the pull is about a six on this one. <laughs> All right. Yep. So Jake, remember the last episode? Someone asked what your guilty pleasure was. Clearly, it's Striders. Your Strider fanboy. I've been. What did I say every time we? I've, I was like I've Striders. Never, well, well, I've never said that I don't like Striders. All right. You guys may have no. It's your, it mouth, is your but... guilty pleasure, though. It is that and cheap surds. 
<laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll fall in love with this Surd and have to uh, gain gain some weight and and sw- switch my whole uh, mo to YouTube. Challenge Cutting accepted. Bottles. Yeah. Cutting bottles. So Elijah, here's something. Did you invent yeah. the half integral or the half integral design that for the Escaton? I'm trying to think if someone else That's did a that. Funny story. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I when I first posted the picture of the Escaton, uh, Sinkovich actually he, he oh. like hopped on there. He's like, "Hey, wait a minute." He's like, I think I did that first. Oh, of course. If anyone would have done it first, it would be Sinkovich. So that's that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, on the um, the ZT four twenty seven. I think it is. Uh, did that ever come out? <laughs> I honestly don't remember. Wait, if which that one's came... the four twenty seven? The hideous no, one. No, it's not out yet. Actually, it's never coming oh, yeah. out. Oh shit! Yeah, that thing is like vaporware at this point. That thing's never coming yeah, out. That thing's never coming out. For some reason, people that, that thing got a lot of hate. Like people didn't like it for some reason. Well, it's not the most hideous? attractive design. It's not very good no, looking. It is probably the worst design that Sinkovich is. I mean, and I love Sinkovich, but also being compared, you know, coming to the same sort of thing that Sinkovich has done is is a pretty good place to be because he's also another person who yeah. comes up with these super crazy artistic designs that require a lot of machining prowess. So unattainable designs. Yeah. So what do you do in that situation, Eliza, when Dmitry Sinkovich comes to you and says, I make that first, you know make? I'll try to find the comment right now. Uh, yeah, he. I've met him a couple times. Does he sound um, like that? He probably sounds like that. No, that's Michael Zeba. Yeah, he kind of... No, <laughs> no, that's that's true. No, I, I, I can't do my Michael Zeba impression right now because that'd be bad. Yeah, he talks, yeah, he talks you know, very Belarusian, but, you know. Yes. He can, he can speak English pretty good. Yeah, no, no. I, I thought I spoke English well, but I was just doing my Belarus accent. <laughs> yeah, he said that uh, he, he did it first on the Techno Bamboo and the uh, Dew Flipper. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Dew, I think, is uh, what yeah. the 427 is based off of. But the Bamboo, the Techno Bamboo thing, I mean, good luck getting one of those for like less than like, I don't know, 8,000 or something. Those things are incredible. The reason I did it is because uh, I could have the bolsters be carbon fiber. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is really cool. Uh, uh, Ham Cheese Designs also has used it in one of the Tucson knives recently. So you're well, that doesn't surprise me. That guy invents everything that's already been invented, yeah, like every other day. That's our nickname for uh, a Chinese designer who goes by the name of Night Morning Designs. He's oh, basically okay. the Chinese Elijah Isham, except yeah. for he's pumping out like twelve new knives a day somehow, and they're like mm-hmm. he just wills them into existence from his mind mm-hmm. because they somehow get made uh, like a day after they're posted on Instagram. Yeah, they have some pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty insane. But he uh, he also has a knife that he designed that uses this sort of half to grill construction. I wonder if people are going to be doing that more now. I mean, it seems you pretty You should difficult. send him a message, but but send him a message, like a voice message, and, and do your impression of Dmitry Sinkovich when Sinkovich, you do it. Yeah. So just get the, you know, it's like a domino effect. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Sorry to all our Belarusian listeners. I love Belarus. He's, he's a nice guy, though. Yeah, I got. Yeah, really sure, he's a nice guy. I, I love Belarus. I mean, Sigvich's stuff is is incredible, but it's just like so unattainable. I, I see one of your renderings right now in true Russian fashion. Some of these bearings setups look pretty interesting. Is that something that you? Tr- Which one? Uh, let's see. Oh, maybe this is a relatively conventional single row bearing. All right. They look different from the renderings, but I know that's people people love when people put more bearings in the knife 
So or just make them weird shapes. Yeah. yeah. On my designs, doing like a multi-row bearing system would be really difficult because I cram the you know the internals like they're so tight together. Yeah. There's like no room to do anything. All right. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I mean, that's not really a problem since multi-row bearings are kind of a novelty, more so than. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't. It's not necessary, really. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. In terms of materials, it doesn't seem like you choose too many crazy materials. That's something. Wh wh how do you approach materials with your designs? It seems a lot of collectors, especially that they like, you know, they gravitate towards materials first. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. it's Timascus and Westinghouse and Zerk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm not really too big on materials, really. I mean, I'm more, you know, about the design. Yeah, I mean, and when you have a stunning design, it kind of speaks for itself. You don't need to throw Mokutai on it. Yeah, but I love Mokutai. I mean, it's great. Sure. And especially. Yeah. But you shouldn't, you don't, shouldn't need to gild the lily. That's really the kind of, that's the expression I, I mean, that is the expression. But I know that a lot of great designers don't need to put a lot of crap on their knives or make their their knives out of a whole bunch of stuff to to have and to have the the knife actually speak for itself is really an important part yeah i think tashi does that probably the best sure yeah yeah i don't was like a plain titanium yeah yeah he is very good at flogging the dolphin or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> well before he made such a rude comment i was going to say and uh, the other person here who does that very well is brian so yeah, he doesn't use a lot of Oh, yeah. And Marcine Sleesh, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Sleesh. Sleesh is great. Sleesh or Sleesh. Yes, you, Brian Nadeau, um, Sleesh. I mean... Those are good designers. And, it, you know, for poor people like me, it kind of saves a little bit of money because uh, awesome design doesn't add, you know, hundreds of dollars like adding a single piece of Mokutai does, you know, so or Zerkutai or whatever. Mm -hmm. Adds so much to the, to the bottom end of the knife that, like, it's, you know... I, I appreciate that your production eyes so far have just been titanium and carbon fiber. It looks fantastic. It's, well, that's, I mean, you really can't you know, yeah. do a production. Oh, ab absolutely. But I mean, yeah. even the customs with, uh, with Jeff at tough knives were pretty subdued. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had the, uh, the parts, uh, water jet at millet. And then I sent them to Jeff. Oh, and then I think, oh. he's, I think he has two or three more of those. The, the black knight, the black knight. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, the Black Knight satellite. Yeah, that's all. Uh, that's also a pretty great reference. Oh. I had to. I had to look at Wikipedia. Very, at it. very metal. It's also very metal. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I met Jeff at Blade Show a couple years ago, he he was like, "This one looks like a Black Knight satellite." I was like, "You think so?" Like, I'll, I'll design one that. Well, it's probably parked at Hangar 18. You should go check it out. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. You see some weird stuff around here sometimes. I'll bet. To get back to the uh, half integral thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the um, sub-integral thing. Uh, this year for Blade Show, uh, me and We Knives have two models, two new models coming out that are what I what I call vertebral integrals. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds, we're so, making up words. Yeah. I'm into this. Yeah, I gotta make something up because it's different, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta come up with some kind of name. But yeah, those the construction on those will be something that's I don't think been done before. All right. I mean, it might be a first. It might be a first. That's, I mean. I, I'm, I'm just guessing very spinal, like interlocking, perhaps. Uh, no, nothing interlocking, but the um, the only part of the knife that's actually an integral is the top spine of the handle, so. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so the bottom half. There's some pictures, some teaser pictures on my uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah. I was looking at that. Oh, okay. That's, I see that now. I did not really get what was happening there. Oh. Now I, that makes a lot more sense. 
they're also on the uh, smaller side. One's 3.25, and then the other one's 3. Okay, that'll be great, because l- let me just say, Wii Knives has done a fucking terrible job of making small knives. Like, Yeah, I told Joe, I was like, hey, because he asked me at uh, SHOT Show, he said, hey, what should we what should we do? Like, you know the American market, you know, better than us. And I said, you guys really need to be making some small knives. And, and small knives that aren't, like, so the small knives they have done have been really not the f- most... You know, not the best designs, <laughs> is how I would describe it. Yeah, what was them. the one, the, the really thin one? Uh, but that was still pretty big. Yeah, yeah they, they have. They only have like two knives that are small, like the six oh five, and then the mm. one of the most recent ones, the Valiant. And then er- mm. everything has been pretty massive. And then they had that Simon Crafts mm-hmm. one that was also pretty small. But like, it'll be cool to see a small knife from you, from Wii. That would that'd yeah. be impressive. One of the new ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a three inch non flipper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's cool. a floating thumb split on it. How, it's got a uh, blade cut out, but it's got a thumb split on it. Have you have you put any consideration into trying to get a price point like uh, William Booze was able to get with Wii around two hundred bucks? Because those smoke TS ones that he had it made flew they, out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That two hundred dollar price point seems like a an incredible place to be. I mean, you can't do anything too crazy, but it was still full yeah, titanium. The Black Star. The Black Star. I'm hoping to have it out about. 150. Oh, okay, yeah. Wow. Damn. That's going to be and, that's going to be good. And it's going to have M390 too. Oh, wow. snap. That's going to must have. Yeah. That's that's a great idea. I think that's really what mm. people need right now. Is You know what I think? Yeah. I, the Escaton is actually smaller than you might think. It's way smaller than you might think. Yeah, yeah cuz like in the pictures it looks massive, but mm-hmm. when you see people handle it, it's very reasonably sized. I ba- my basic like the reason I haven't bought one yet is because I can't decide which variation to get. Yeah, like, so, the, so uh, if I had to have one, which one should it be? I don't know. I mean, the the carbon fiber one is like super lightweight. It only weighs three ounces. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Whoa. So, yeah. Mm, the, that um, even makes my cut. Yeah, that's that's incredibly, incredibly light. The full tie is about about almost an ounce heavier. Wow. I mean, even four ounces is still pretty reasonable four for a four inch light. blade. Yeah. And full tie. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to plug in my laptop. Oh, Dave, you should put intermission music here, or we could plug our sponsor, Tackle Outdoors. Oh yeah, I'll this is right. a great time to mention Tackle Outdoors. Enter coupon code Knife Nuts to receive 10 percent off your next purchase and free shipping. And Tackle Outdoors sells Kaiser and Wee knives, two companies we have been mentioning extensively here. I don't know if they sell Elijah's designs, but they have those brands. So. And if you're a fan of Knife Nuts, why not get yourself a Knife Nuts mug or t-shirt? Help us sell out. <laughs> Help us sell out. We, we need money. We really do. We really appreciate it. So, yeah. So now the Benchmade Axis Lock patent has expired. And now everyone else can jump onto the Axis Lock bandwagon. Um, you know legitimately jump onto it ganzo has been doing it for years and then there was also the sheer gore of to bargain or whatever which was an axis lock knife but that was licensed <laughs> mantis toboggan yes, the mantis the mantis toboggan <laughs> md knife <laughs> which is uh, yeah it's it's not my favorite sheer gore knife but anyway mm. so now everyone is going to be jumping on it so mass drop has a millet knife um designed by tj schwarz that uses the axis yeah, I lock. Handle one of those. Yeah, and then you handle. How is it? It's pretty awesome. I mean, it's pretty smooth. It's not technically an axis lock because you can't use that name. Yeah, that's still uh, copyright. The, the name. So the name is 
what trademarked but the patent on yeah, the design yeah, has expired so it's a it's a pivot bolt moving lock traxxas lock <laughs> yeah i've uh, i've experimented with uh designing one but it's kind of hard that's what, oh me. yeah that's exactly what i was going to ask how mm-hmm. you felt about because, other locks because i know it requires a lot of yeah. sort of constraints on your design when you do the axis lock it does kind of it requires a lot of space yeah but uh and it really dictates like whether or not you can use you know certain blade shapes and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh, and stop pin location oh yeah yeah hey, can i can i give you a suggestion don't do it yeah what's that yeah don't do it yeah i don't yeah <laughs> If I did, if I did do it, I would, I would add a detent bar. Yes, please. Ooh. Why has no one done that? Yeah. I think I've talked about this before. It is so frustrating that they don't just do what Emerson has sort of done with the double detent, or what uh, Matt Diskin did, or what Alan Alishowitz well, did with Hope. Emerson is Emerson is known for unparalleled. Quality, exactly. So. But at least the idea was there. But they just need to add a spring bar with a ball detent so that you can have an axis lock with an actual detent. Like, I don't understand what is so difficult about that. So maybe, Elijah, you should do that. Because someone needs to, like, start that revolution so that we don't all have yeah, gravity just, knives. Yeah, I don't understand why. I mean, all you got to do is, you know, add a spring bar with a detent in the show scale and then with a detent hole. I have a feeling it has to do with manufacturing. Because when you're yeah. putting together, like, a, an axis lock, it's just, like, what else are you going to put on there? Yeah. Yeah. My, my request would be to replace the omega springs with something else as as we all know well, here's the thing i think every one of us has our own complaint about the axis lock mm-hmm. or or the locks that will come down so, the you know it, in the future that aren't called axis but my question is and i no one yeah. here is a patent attorney so this is probably pointless but the coil spring axis lock that they're doing on the anthem i wonder if they have a patent mm-hmm. on that or if people can do that as well i think that's a better system because with the it's omega different. springs the whole thing is riding on those springs. Mm-hmm. So if those like fail, you know the whole knife is. Yeah, and it's, they it's, do. What's they really do, they do fail. They fail crazily. But but what's funny is that Benchmade could have shown more knives with the uh, without that Omega spring. What do you call it? What's the one they use now on the on the anthem? coil? Is a coil spring? The coil spring. Yeah, but they didn't. They just showed the same crap. Well, it requires a full backspacer, I think, to fit that coil spring yeah. in there. So, so that's it. I mean, make one out of plastic. Oh, they do it. They do everything else. Yeah, true. But then you also need to mount it from the top, and then again with the autistic screeching, with the screws coming in from the spine of the knife, and people freaked out when they did that <laughs> on the anthem, which is absurd. But I don't know. People have nothing to say but nice things about the anthem, and truthfully, true. like, but the nitpicking. It's the nicest. Yeah, people pick knit all the time very true but yeah speaking of match made yeah uh at shot show i was with jared drinkwater the uh, guy that did the long block his last name is drinkwater yeah that's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah he's a pretty cool guy uh but we went to the benchmade booth and we're looking at their stuff and when that guy handed me that one with that screw on that motor brand, <laughs> i was like oh my did God. you listen to our last episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I heard that. Oh, yeah. God, that's so perfect. I the same. I was like, whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's just, why is it there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe don't have Benchmade make any of your knives, Elijah. Preserve your reputation. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They, uh, if you're going to do collabs with them, they require an exclusive uh, license. So you're, you oh, can't sure. do anything with anybody. Oh, they yeah. want you to be like a contract player or franchise player. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might make you enough money that you don't need to work with anybody else. 
truthfully. I'm not sure. I'll, I don't know. I, I just Benchmade's it. hey, Benchmade's got like the biggest presence. Have you ever seen how big the company is? Like employee wise, it's uh, it's way well, bigger than some of the other companies. They sell a lot of stuff at Cabela's. Exactly. Like, and that's where you make the money. Yeah. I gotta say the like my very first like really nice knife was Reptilian. the Alice Oh, onslaught! Ooh, that's how we should have known you were going to come up with some interesting designs. Most people would have been like a mini grip, and with you, it's a bomb. Mine was a mini grip. That's why I'm bored. Same here. Mine was a, a mini grip from Cabela's. Yeah, I love it was from Cabela's. My my first yeah, anything bomb was awesome. Yeah, my first hundred plus dollar knife was a Doug Ritter mini grip. So, oh, aren't you fancy? Uh, you know, it felt like a shit at the time, and then I only came to realize it was shit afterwards. Mm. But. Yeah, you know what, Elijah, has anyone reached out to you wanting to work with a production company, or do you go to them? How does that sort of relationship uh, work? I went to Kaiser, but we uh, approached me. Okay, that's cool. So you're getting, you're getting your uh, brand yeah. out there. Yeah, and I have, I've been approached uh, by a few other companies that I can't quite mention yet. I'm, I'm pretty sure one was CRKT, and just say no, Elijah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, actually, I have not been approached by them yet. <laughs> I am strange. I am so excited for the CRKT version of the Eschaton. Oh my it's god! Gonna be, oh my god! It's going to be like the Chris Reeve <laughs> Sabenza uh, collaboration they did that was never released because it had the Zytel handles, like it had a Zytel lock bar. That, oh my so, god! Yes. Oh my Nick, god! Nick Shabazz calls the Eschaton the anti Sabenza. <laughs> I mean, it is the <laughs> anti-Sabenza. It is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, what are your feelings on the Sabenza? I'm curious about Chris Reeve knives, which, you know, since I'm a fan uh, of I like it. Be careful, Elijah, because Dave, the, Dave's very yeah, sensitive. By the way, I, I uh, spoke with Tim. Oh, God. No. Uh, at TKI. So. Be still my beating heart. Yeah. That would be insane. Yeah, yeah we had a, a good launch. I, I know Tim also. has radical ideas for the business, but that is, that's pretty radical, making one of your knives. That would be interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know how that would look. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> it would just. They would just unishem your design. It would literally. No, it would literally kill Chris. Like he would. That would actually be the yeah, nail probably, in his coffin. Yeah. That would be the thing. That would be the nail in the in the proverbial <laughs> and maybe literal he coffin. Might, he might choke you out at Blade Show like Jay Davis. Mm-hmm. That's a. Oh. Yeah, we I'll, know, I'll and we know that this is going to be playing in the Chris Reeve shop later. Yeah, there so. you go. Yeah, yeah, shout out definitely. to them. They're the best. They actually. They actually do our, our yeah, hey guys. of this. We love you. Yeah. Wait to oh, yeah, see I, you again. I lusted after a uh, Sabenza, you know, when I was first getting into, you know, higher end stuff. I mean, not a bad. It's it's, bad it's a natural progression, I think. I I still am waiting. I had I had a small Sabenza, and I, and I liked it a lot, but I didn't like fall in love with it. And I I'm still waiting for like the right Sabenza I, to show up and be like, "You're Levon Sabenza." I will show you. Come to Levon on, on Friday. You'll see. You'll see the Desert Iron one I have, and oh, that's that. Is that the one that's gonna yes. to get yes. me? You think? Oh, it, yes, it's beautiful. Um, did you design that? Yeah. You, oh, you did design the Fanatic Edge Omen. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's uh -huh. pretty similar to the Black Knight on first glance, but maybe that's just me sort of subsuming your designs together. Yeah, it has a little. It's a little different. Yeah. Uh, geometry, but I met uh, Andrew at Blade Show last year, and. He was like, hey, man, we need to do something eventually. So I was like, okay. So I think it was July last year. He uh, he was like, all right, we need to do a design. So he gave me a bunch of, like, parameters of what he wanted and, you know, direction of what to take it in. And that's what I came up with. It's nice. How How is it doing? It seems like the reception's been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're selling pretty uh, well. So, yeah, they're for sale now? 
Yeah, they're at pre-order uh, on his site. Okay, cool. So that's Fanatic Edge, everyone. You, you know what? I've I've had I've had it in my cart like four times, and I've and I've been able to abstain, but it's not going to oh. last for very long. I'm going to be I'm just going to buy one. You know? Yeah, they're pretty. pretty what cool. I really love about your story and all this is that now that there's these OEM companies that have made it possible for people who design knives to actually get their designs out there. Because I was just on Fanatic Edge's Instagram, and I can see like a bunch of different knives that have been oem'd by we and these people like possibly even yourself would probably i mean have you if you try to get a collaboration with crkt like you're just some random joe off the street and sends them a design via email they're not they're just gonna laugh at you but like now you can actually get this stuff done with some of these oem companies it's just very cool that it is enabling this whole new sort of group of people yeah, the renaissance yeah. yeah now you can just design that's knives. not like that's not my end goal. Like the whole end goal was to, you know, get a custom shop going and, you know, start making high end customs. But it's cool that, you know, I'm able to do this now so that I can make as few customs as possible. Right. So, yeah. yeah. No, that makes, makes so sense. Only, only work on like maybe show knives. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Isn't that what uh, the guy, the VDK knives, Vlad, the, he was the first guy that worked with Wii, uh, importing their knives. And yeah. He's, uh, now he makes like custom versions of his production knives. Yeah, he's starting to get going, uh, making knives. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's got going. Sim similar concept. So, uh, tell me. Well, so what? What does your custom shop uh, of your dreams look like? You know, what you said you want to do a lot of uh, uh, manual work. So, you know, what kind of tools? What kind of machinery? And yeah. and uh, what? How do you see it? Well, probably like a ten by twelve, pretty small. You know, mm -hmm. and just like the necessary equipment. Like I, I have a. Uh, I just bought last year a uh, 1946 Bridgeport. Wow. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a picture of it on my. Yeah. Yeah. Screen. I saw that. That's, that's an, <laughs> an old piece of machinery. Yeah. Ten, I need to, I need to, uh, oh yeah. 10,000 uh, pounds. I need to, yeah, no, I think they, I think they weigh about 3,000. Yeah. I think right around 3,000 pounds. It was a challenge going and getting it for sure. Uh, God. yeah, I need to get a TW90 grinder. That's, uh, on the to-do list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One one very cool piece of machinery that I got uh, last year, I think it was, I think it was last year. It's called a die filer, and uh, what that is able to you're able to do with that, you can do like almost CNC operations, like rudimentary stuff, by hand, with just this machine. What's yeah? Jake, remember what I was talking to you about the one that John Gray's purchasing? That's yes. a a decal. A decal. Yes. yes. A pantograph. A pantograph. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. for like doing logos, right? And stuff. No, no. you can. Uh, you, can't. No, you can. It's a mill. Oh, too. okay. It's a so mill. It's, a, it's like a multi-axis yeah. manual mill. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like imagine imagine getting a uh, a frame CNC'd out, and then you have it or whatever, and then there's a stylus that you trace that with, and then it has an arm on it that has an end mill in it, and then it. It yeah, it's, mimics it mimics your uh, simul mimics. yeah, and simultaneously there's uh there's tooling that's, you know, uh, you know, empowering your your movements, so to speak. Yeah, it's like a an old school scene. Too. The yeah. the only reason I knew that is because of I I hate to bring him up, but Will Moon, Will yeah, Moon, use it to to do mm -hmm. the signature on his blade, but that's the last we should speak of Will Moon. Yeah, they have them that uh, they have little diamond cutters, so you can like. I think Frank Fisher does it. That okay, way. there's a better mm -hmm. there's yeah. a better reference for us. That <laughs> Frank Fisher does it. Yeah, that's good. that's very cool. But like with the die filer, uh, they don't make them anymore. You can't like just go buy them. So I had to get one on Craigslist, 
you chuck a file into it. You can use any file, like, you know, diamond file, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just reciprocates up and down. Hmm. So with that, like, what intrigued me about that is I'll be able to do my blade cutouts by hand with that machine. So Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the blade cutouts seem to be a big, a big fan. So is do you always want there to be multiple opening methods on your knives, or are any of them just decorative? Yeah, the whole thing with uh, the blade cutout is uh, alternate opening method, and uh, it just takes out a little bit of weight, yeah. too. Yeah. Especially because you have a lot of knives with very large, wide blades, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it just like adds another element to the design, really. True. So here's the thing. What, what's yeah. your opinion? Uh, chamfered opening so whole frame thing or non-chamfered? Very slight chamfered, like maybe 10,000 yes. chamfered. I, I agree with that as well. Yeah. Itty bitty chamfer. Uh, my only concern is that Kaiser is going to over chamfer the opening hole on the Theta because I, on the few knives I have with opening holes from them, they're all super chamfered. These are the things that keep Dave up at yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's the way you open the knife. By looking at it, it's like it's like maybe twenty thousandths. So it's it's almost not even there. Okay, really. nice. Because and yeah. people constantly over chamfer well, yeah. it. It's just like a you can you can be kept awake by over chamfering, or you can be kept awake by the cut on your thumb if you yes. have cer- a certain Spiderco mm. uh, <laughs> model. Well, one of one of about ten or twenty, I've, where there's no chamfer and it's a true knife. Edge. I've always preferred that. The, yeah, the, the uh, theta I've works been... really great at uh middle finger flicking. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really want to. I Lev and I, Levon and I both want to get a Zeta. We're just waiting for mm-hmm. Tackle Outdoors to be able to source them for us. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. Yeah, one. they're pretty cool. I'm happy with them. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it turned out pretty awesome. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very into that. Also, the fact that they kept the price relatively reasonable for being a bolster lock is sort of nice. I appreciate that that we was, you know, it's only 20 to $50 more than their normal offering. So that was that was yeah. impressive on their part. We stayed has stayed the course pretty well with most of them. Yeah, Riot just kind of jumped out the gym with their pricing. I will I will say though, uh, in terms of I still think Riot's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I would say like Riot is just like a little step above. Yeah, Wii. they just don't have yes. nearly the production capacity that Wii does. So mm. I can understand why you would no. work with Wii. I mean, it's they can just churn these things out, which is awesome. I mean, that's what people yeah, that's well, what people want these days is new designs. Yeah. So yeah, the reason I agreed to it was because their quality. You know, I seen them at Blade Show and I was like, whoa, these are really nice. I can't say anything bad about the Kaiser stuff too, because they uh-huh. they tend to keep to the, to their value proposition pretty well for They're the most part. They're pretty hit or miss. I've had like twelve of them now, so yeah. Some of them some of them have been better than others. The main reason that's so awesome about these like new, the new crop of uh, Chinese companies is that they're using you know great Art steel. Materials, yeah. Yeah. If they weren't using the kind of steel they were using, I wouldn't be you know doing anything with them. But yeah, like I was talking to Joe. I was talking to Joe, and, and he said that they get their uh, M390 directly from Bowler. I would imagine so, yeah. China M390. It's real M390. It's not... Yes. Oh, yeah it's, yeah, it's the good stuff. And he said he was telling me, like, whoa, is it expensive? Yeah, Bo- Bowler has a Chinese subsidiary. People have posted, like, the documents from them now. Mm-hmm. Like, the mm-hmm. the sale the sales mm-hmm. forms and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, sometimes you get China D2, but now most of the time you get real. The real material. Then. Yeah. By the way, uh, that was that was rather funny. Yeah. 
did you what did, what's your take on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, that's I think what everyone wants to hear. You've worked with that's this man. That's a long story. That's a long story. I need man. to know. We all need oh, to. I think that's a if he, this is the reward. I don't, I don't even know what all I can say. This is the reward <laughs> for listening this long. To, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think he listens. Oh, to he this, definitely so. doesn't. We slandered yeah. him constantly. Oh, he yeah, may, that may be why he listens to it though. Who knows? Yeah, well, uh, long story short, yeah, we don't work together. <laughs> yeah, he trying to detune all your shit, man. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, the stuff I found out about him, like, after the fact was just disturbing. And then... Dis- you know, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Dis- That's a strong word. Yes. You can't just say more. disturbing and leave it like yeah. that. Well, it's it's pretty blasphemous. I mean... oh. Yeah, it's well. Maybe yeah. after the episode, we'll talk. You can you can open yeah. up after the episode. Yeah. Then. Yikes! <laughs> That's very funny. That's very. funny. I mean, the, it is unfortunate yeah. that right as the eschaton was coming out, that this like sort mm-hmm. of very similar looking but incredibly poorly made knife came out at the same time. And I'm glad it didn't it didn't take away any of the thunder from the eschaton. No. The echelon. And and for what it's worth, the people yeah. who own the, the browse movie, version yeah. seem to love it. Do who who owns well, it? All those um the browse loyal. Oh the browse loyals, yeah. Yeah. They like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't even own one, so <laughs> what, what, you, what you're just missing out on China D2, so don't worry about it. I don't yeah. think you're really missing out, but that that was a story that I think everyone wanted to know. All, all we can say is that what we can deduce from this is that he probably lives up to his straight brim. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, impressive. Yeah, if you if you impressive. tuck your ears into your hat, I mean, it just it just says there are, it's a lot almost of things like about not you. there. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Elijah, you're one of the good ones, man. Yeah. We're keeping oh, like you around. So. I mean, yeah. So, so uh, where do you, where do you see the market going? Since you're you're kind of on the cutting edge right now. No pun intended. Oh, yeah, yeah that was a bad <laughs> pun. Ooh, sorry, guys. I've tried to predict, you know, where it's going, and I think it is going in the smaller direction. Like you know, a lot of smaller gentleman style, you know, slip joint esque stuff. Probably. Yeah, I, and you know, Austin says this a lot, Epic Snuggle Bunny, and I think mm-hmm. I think he was one of the ones who really um, articulated the best um, in one of his videos is that you see uh, the resurgence of traditional designs done with modern materials, and it and it follows in every trend in every market. It's like what's old is new again, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. So I think that that's a a, a very true statement, and you're going to see that a lot in the coming coming months and, and probably the coming years. Yeah, like right now, I've uh, the past couple weeks, I've just now do- downloaded Fusion 360 and have been working on it, and I've come up with three new uh, front flipper designs. Ooh, the front flipper. That's a... that's How South African yeah. of you. It's very dangerous territory, yeah. though, because they're, they're easy to do wrong, it seems. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say the detent has to be like just perfect. Ye- to be able to get that thing yeah, open. because you know what's funny is that people love Gareth Bull's stuff, and it looks like incredible in pictures, but they apparently seem to have no detent. From yeah, the detents all are super. Yeah, light. it's like non-existent. So it's like mm, mm-hmm. that just that takes away all the enthusiasm for me. Like I get the fit and finish is fantastic, but like the it like is like a gravity knife. It's just like not. It's not as cool to me. Date. Dave, have you ever handled one of the burger knives? No, but those are I feel like I feel like you would like I mean them. they look nice. I like the aesthetic. It's very simple.
because it's yeah exactly it's like it's like the south it's like another um chris reeve yeah yeah it's it's very similar i was gonna say the south african chris reeve, chris reeve. <laughs> but yeah you know it's it's there they they have those things dialed in i think elijah if you're gonna model what d10 mm-hmm. uh with try any of the uh the burger knives because well the their frame lock ones i think that's a yeah well we nailed it on the booze smoke ts1 in terms of detents for front flipper that was that worked excellently sometimes it works so well you accidentally threw it into a glass panel and destroyed the tip and then had to sell the knife because you couldn't look at it ever again and didn't disclose that to the person well, you, I, you bought I it sold from it to pat you bought it i gave it to pat for 125 dollars. i don't think he oh that's not yeah cool. Or 150, I can't remember. But anyway, it was a good deal. Uh, yeah, that that ruined it for me. But anyway, that was that was a great flipper. So we 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 managed to do it once. So hopefully they can do it again if you uh, if you have them make one of your front flipper designs. Yeah, I might have one of those uh, OEM'd. Nice. For that, my own. Yeah, nice. What what do you are you interested in experimenting with any locks? You know, I know we touched on the axis lock, and that doesn't seem like it's really in the cards. But is there any anything mm-hmm. else that you might? want to do i'm personally not a big like lock innovation guy i think the, i think the frame lock is fine but you know people yeah, love that stuff if you, yeah i've not really you know thought about it too much i mean if you i mean michael walker has like done almost everything there is to do really yeah. uh and uh uh emmanuel esposito i'm gonna have to look mm-hmm. that name up oh yeah esposito uh insane stuff uh, I often, whenever I think of like zany locks, I go to uh, uh, Grant and Gavin Hall. Oh yeah, there's some there's mm-hmm. some zany shit. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of my biggest things is hiding the lock as best I can. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like you know I don't like seeing like it. from an automotive design standpoint, like it's like stuff that has to be there. You don't want to actually have to design like rear view mirrors or door handles, <laughs> but mm-hmm. they're necessity in the in the mechanics of it. So I assume it's it's like that when you're getting into a high art high design knife that's why uh, concept cars look so good because they don't have mirrors they don't have to do anything yeah and they have like 30 inch wheels and completely unreasonable like uh wheel gaps yeah (laughs) right but that's that that brings up something that i uh i guess i touch on every now and then i think about it more than i mention it but you know especially for collectors um yeah you know we, we always joke about only using our knives to open packages of other knives you know the overbuilt knife is a staple in the collection, but it doesn't have to be the only type of knife that we have. Right. I think that there really is more room, especially for someone like you, Elijah, to um, maybe uh, open up open up the possibilities with design where mm-hmm. it doesn't ne- necessarily have to uh, function as stout as, you know, the, a frame lock that you can you know stab into a tree and then use it as a step to climb up and you know what i mean <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe you can do a lighter duty type of lock because uh, the reality is that a lot of these knives are not getting getting hard use you know what i mean yeah and the the frame lock uh liner lock it's it's such like a universal design i mean you can you know design anything around it almost mm-hmm. and it's yeah, very I, versatile yeah yeah, very. Yeah. But yeah, I need to start thinking about, you know, doing something like you were saying, like light duty style lock. Yeah, just it kind of takes away some of those those uh, inhibitions a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you don't you don't have a to use the go back to the car analogy. You know, you don't you don't have to have mirrors and, and uh, <laughs> uh, DOT certification, five mile an hour bumpers and 
glass that won't take your head off in an accident. So, well, the um, art the art knife world has been living by those concepts for a sure, very long time. Sure. Yeah, you know. So I, I'd like, yeah, sure. Like have a lot of that start to bleed into into the collector knife or tactical quote. I'm doing air quotes right now, and even though you can't see me, uh, side of things. That's something I would like to get into, like later down the road. You know, is just strictly art knives. I mean, it would be good because I think the hardest thing, maybe. I mean, you can tell me what the hardest thing you've had to experience so far with this whole knife thing is. But I think the hardest thing is selling the idea of an art knife to people who are used to tactical knives because the amount of like hate mm-hmm. that the Escaton got by people who are just like yeah. missing the point, and I feel like there there's a big amount of the market that's never going to get that idea that like it's not a hundred percent for like pure hard use ridiculous scenarios that are never going to happen but there are people that just can't get yeah, past that, that idea that that like knives don't necessarily need to be that yeah uh that knife almost shouldn't exist you know really because it was supposed to be like a like a one-off like or maybe like one or two customs uh-huh. you know and then it became a full production we made 1200 of them so yeah i and I think, yeah, they, I saw that there was a large number of them made, relatively speaking. And yeah. I, but here's my take on that too: is like those those people that are really loud and obnoxious about saying they're not buying it anyway. You don't even have to worry about yeah. them. If they well, don't get I, it, they don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. When I first got the prototypes, I took one of the uh, carbon fiber ones, and I just had to know. So I took, I went outside and took a uh, a small little log, and I batoned that thing through it. <laughs> and it held up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, nice. I don't yeah. just because it's weirdly designed. I mean, like a, a quote-unquote weird design doesn't mean it's like weak. Like I don't. People really just equate really strange things to like strength on a knife. Like it's a, all the frame locks out there are probably equivalently weak. Like the frame lock is not a super strong design. So like when people like want the old ZTs, I don't think the old ZTs are any stronger than the new ZTs unless the lock bar cutout was like a few thousandths thicker. Like what else are you? But what about a Browse frame lock versus a Quartermaster frame lock? I mean, lock? This, they're both stainless steel, so they're both going to be quite strong. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, stainless steel frame locks never a good idea. Aluminum frame locks. Alu- hey, my you know my favorite company, Lion Steel, loves yeah, those aluminum I, frame I locks. And don't you? Ha- you also have a, a what do you call it? A, one of the Japanese. Oh yeah, expensive. what am I saying? Yeah, I have Rockstead in the aluminum Rockstead. frame locker. Yeah, Rockstead, here. isn't that a seventy seventy five? Yeah, I'm a I'm a seventy seventy five believer, and mm-hmm. I think uh, I, that's something that will come out probably in the next couple of years. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, taboo or it, it's offered as a, an innovation is yet to be seen. But uh, the the properties of that metal are are much different than people. Yeah, the rocks. You know, you know who's tough you know who's you know who's using 7075 right now? His uh, name, I'm just going to say his name rhymes with Shrill Spoon. Oh, uh, did you tell me that? I was going to say uh, <laughs> uh, RC cars that go 100 miles an hour and, and then jump like 30 feet in the air and, and bash into the ground and never break. And they're using a 2.5 millimeter, 3 millimeter thick 7075 frame. There's a lot to be said about that material. Also, here's another unknown fact. Um, all Apple products after the iPhone 6 use 7075 aluminum. Oh, is, that, is that so they don't bend in your back pocket? That is correct. <laughs> it feels great on the Rockstead. I mean, it just feels like a, a nice titanium frame lock. It just doesn't 
it has that really slick feeling because of the hard anodizing on it. But like, it doesn't feel any different. So I, I mean, I'm I'm open to the idea of a seven seventy seventy five aluminum frame lock with an insert. And you can and you can do uh you can do all the cool anodizing like from the firearms industry, uh the textured stuff and the when they say hard code stormtrooper it, theme. No. Yeah, you can storm stormtrooper. But when they when you they say hard code, I mean you literally have to remove the metal. Uh, to remove the coating on some of these things, it bonds ionically with the with the metal. Um, yeah, it, I think it's a very overlooked. Uh, you know, we're so used to titanium, which is in a is a really a different class of metal. But um, there there are a lot of applications for different materials, different materials in general, which is a uh, which is a great yeah. podcast uh, conversation. But <laughs> I'm not sure how it would point. hold up to running bearings on it. You'd probably want to. Oh, oh yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm. I think specifically what I'm talking about is the. Uh, I would cringe at the idea of a 6061 lock bar. You know, it's not. It doesn't have the spring memory. It doesn't have the the strength. It just doesn't have any of the properties that make titanium so uh, so useful in a lock bar. 7075 could do some of that. Um, whereas 6061, you would just it would just be a paperweight essentially. Yep. But hey, Elijah, I mean, if you were working with a, if you were still had a good relationship with a certain someone, you could have aluminum versions of your knives put out. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. Who, who knows what I aluminum? Hate would aluminum. Be. Yeah, I, I'm not really a big fan of aluminum. I mean, I can Knife. I can get it. Like, I I yeah. haven't. Kept yeah, no, it's, it doesn't allow for a lot of artistic expression for the most part, and. The stigma of aluminum knives it's, just it's, is still equated with cheap. That's my point. It, yeah, it, the stigma. The stigma is more powerful than uh, the lack in performance. And the proverbial rock bar, lock bar. But even even yes. in titanium, we've we've moved to a place in the industry now where we need to have hardened washers behind our our bearings. Uh, you know, even on a titanium frame lock. So, you know, why? I'd love I'd love to see somebody doing SM one hundred frame lock. <laughs> Oh yeah, that would because that that material so weird. That wouldn't cost a lot of money. Just kidding. No. <laughs> I guess not. It it will until a lot of people start using it. I don't. I don't think the knife industry will ever be big enough to make that material come down in price. But I mean, it's certainly cool. No, I think the, the SM100 wave is kind of come and gone though. I don't. No one but Ferrum Forge seems to really be doing anything with it anymore, and even they don't do that much yeah, with it. To hear Elliot talk about that material and mm -hmm. as in depth as he does, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, he's he's I guess he's definitely obsessed with it. It was, yeah, it was developed for NASA. Yeah, I guess? it's 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 crazy yeah. stuff. There, um, Recon One had a, uh, a WR, uh, what's his name? WR Blade yeah, Works. WR Blade Works with SM100. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> Although most of the materials we're using did come from uh nasa or a similar sized sure. organization but from another many, country many many decades ago no, 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 just, just decades ago yeah titanium for the, the sr71 and and mm -hmm. uh you know all the uh, all the carbon fiber we use and especially the non-traditional carbon fibers um pre-preg unit direct <laughs> yes that's actually what it's called i had an interesting uh little talk with uh, matt diskin about carbon fiber Ooh. Apparently, you have to have that stuff in cold storage. Mm -hmm. And like he's got a lot of carbon fiber in cold yeah, storage. Yeah, ask, ask him oh, about his stuff. monthly bills for, uh, for keeping cooling. that stuff. He was telling me. Yeah. Does it like uh -huh. delaminate in the heat or something? Yup. Yeah, you heat it up, I guess, and then it gets hard. Interesting. Uh, like, kind of like weird. me. 
Oh God, that's a, well, that's a good place to end. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Levi just ruined that episode. But oh, okay. At least it wasn't a pun. Turn that into a pun. Somehow, oh yeah, that'll be a true a true so Levon moment. You can stay par for the course. You can stay on the cutting Some, edge. I don't know. It's on the it's on the tip of my tongue. Something about tempering. I'm I'm I don't know. Yeah, we'll give you time to think about that one. Yeah, Brian, you've been quiet. Yeah, I'm not feeling it tonight. Every time you guys talk, I gag. You. <laughs> Such a dick. That's why we love him. I'm posting that picture right after this episode. <laughs> I know you are, you douche. <laughs> uh, come on, you love it, man. <laughs> Elijah, I'm going to send you this right now just so you can see yeah, what just, we're talking Yeah, just for about. reference. All right. I guess I'll send it yeah, to Instagram. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite production brand? We went over custom earlier. I'm curious. If if you didn't have your own knives made, who would who would be your favorite? Just consistently. Well, when I first when I first got into you know higher end stuff, Benchmade was my favorite. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean that we all had that time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I don't know. Did you ever? Did you go beyond that, or is that when you started making your own or started designing your own knives and? That was just a little bit before I started okay. designing. Yeah, so how, really has your collecting things. changed because of that? Are you not really much of a collector anymore? Is, are you more focused on your knives? Or are you still, you know? Yeah, pretty much all my whole collection kind of consists of, of stuff I've designed. Yeah, so. th- I mean, that seems to be what happens with most yeah. makers, even if they were collectors before. It kind of just becomes their a collection yeah. of their own knives. But maybe- or they start to acquire stuff, and they don't really know how. <laughs> I know a lot of makers whose collections are absolutely are awe-inspiring. Uh, even stuff like you don't get, that you don't even see, like John Gray's collection. Oh yeah, well, oh, yeah. he doesn't see them. They're under like board. that. One hundred percent true. One hundred percent true. Uh, Leong Ma has a crazy knife collection. Yeah, too. John. Well, yeah, because he has one of like everything that's been made for him, right? He has one of like everything that's ever been yeah. made. Well, I mean, at least all the, I'm sure he has. Not some. just of his stuff, just in oh, general. Okay. Yeah, you definitely have to post this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, fuck did you say? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to post that tonight. If anyone is like unbanked and has all their money in like a durable good, it would be John Gray. And he, instead of buying gold, he just bought custom knives and has them like dug out. He has like holes in his lawn. You find them in the couch yeah. in his shop. Oh my God. That's what we need to do this week. <laughs> we need to just drop in on John Gray. Yes. So uh, for our faithful listeners, we might have some live in person content coming up this weekend. Maybe. Maybe. We'll just, we could go into it. We'll bust into his shop with a hot mic. <laughs> Mm. We already did that. It's and episode just see six. What guys. Happens. It didn't work out very well. He's very he's very microphone. He is very reticent to talk. He doesn't. He does. He won't shut up normally. But spy, we'll spy cam him. Yeah. Oh, I've, that's what I had to do. At one I mean, point. John is nice, but I don't want to say it was our worst episode. But it was also one hundred percent our worst episode. It it was. Yeah. So he's an awesome guy. Yeah. Though. Absolutely. He's not good at tooting. His you don't own understand horn, how much which, like jo- he's like. I love that man. We'll, we'll, yes, John is like family. We'll get a redo. He's he's literally our, he's literally family. And on that note, everybody have a good night. <laughs> yeah, dead air. Dead air is how we uh, transition out of uh, out of episodes now. <laughs> that all gets edited out, so we look really polished. Yeah. That way you don't have to uh, add you know, music. Perfect.